Marlon asks, you know, when will you go? And Truman says, it isn't that simple. It takes money, planning, you can't just up and go, but he will do it. And don't worry, bonus time is just around the corner. And I was like, no, it's not. You didn't meet your quota. <laughs> so Truman is... <laughs> no bonus for you. You didn't go on the boat. You didn't the go bo- on the boat. No bonus for you. Sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, come to my office. Sorry. Everyone else gets a bonus. They went on the boat. You. No boat. No bonus. <laughs> it's a boat bonus. What's poppin', y'all? Welcome to Post Finale. I am your host, Ankit Madeira. I'm an actor and a musician who hasn't seen a lot of films, so to make my friends happy and potentially provide a new perspective on some popular films, I am on a quest to change that. However, I am never on this quest alone. This week, I am joined by director, actor, one of my closest friends, Stephen Nyman. Stephen, how are you doing? Good. You forgot podcast partner? I'm just going to put oh, that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, For people listening, because this is going to come out in January. And if I remember correctly, in two days time from when this episode drops, Stephen and I are launching our new podcast called Flip the Scripts, which is all about adaptations. So be sure to check that out. There's some information on the Co-op Forge youtube and social media about that show but that should be coming out in two days time from when this episode should be dropping if i have my dates correct and for those who love uh <laughs> Ankit's journey of like watching films uh oh it's gonna continue films... over there <laughs> yeah most of the films that we watch and flip the scripts Ankit has not seen so this is fresh eyes Ankit on the not usually on the book, the book he's read, but the film. Just Some ignored. of the books I haven't read as well. Some of them yeah. I have. So usually, at least for that show, it's going to be more of the films. I haven't seen as many of the films, but I've read some of the books. Some of the books are new to me as well, but just because I read a lot more than I watch movies. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So Let's anyway... Keep- that's that show, but we are here and we are talking about The Truman Show. Now, before we get into what I know and everything like that, Stephen, what do you know about The Truman Show? I know that it's a film that you've seen multiple times, something that like you really enjoy that you actually love. So what is your background on it? When did you first see it? Anything like that? I think I saw it back in 20, like three years ago. So maybe like 2020. So uh, recently. During, during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, you, I kind of knew the premise because, you know, every TV show from The Simpsons to Futurama to Family Guy to American Dad, a lot of Seth MacFarlane has basically made fun of the concept of The Truman Show in some way. Okay. Um, so like it's definitely like one of those I knew of and was very present in. I like Jim Carrey. I grew up with him. Bruce Almighty being one of the great films that he's in. Also enjoy. Uh, Ankit, if you haven't seen Bruce Almighty, I'll be mad. Uh, damn it! I haven't he heard seen... of Bruce Almighty, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no. So another film Ankit hasn't seen. For those who watch this regularly, 
if you watch Fight Club, you know I'm the reason I'll get started this podcast. <laughs> I am I am the friend who gets mad he hasn't seen films. That would be Steven. <laughs> if you listen to the if you listen to the Fight Club episode, that's bright up. If you haven't listened to the Fight Club episode, welcome. Hello. Um yeah, Steven's the main friend who got really upset that I had never seen anything. There were others, but he was definitely the forefront of on Kit Watch Things. And while I'm not like the hugest fan of uh, why I didn't really get the film until I like till I was like three years ago, um, I sat down and watched it and found it very intrinsic and interesting, especially in the time of my life where I was directing a couple plays at the time, and I just found the the context very fascinating and something that was really interesting to talk about. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, for me. Personally, this is what I knew going into it. I knew that it was called The Truman Show, and I knew Jim Carrey was in it, and that was solely because he was on the poster. I forgot that Paul Giamatti was in it till I started watching it, and I was just so happy because I love that actor. He was in a movie uh, over Christmas time. I went to go see a film with my dad that he stars in. Uh, it's called the I think it's called The Holdovers. Uh, so good, so mm-hmm. good. Um, he Who plays does Paul the Giamatti ass- play in this. I think he's the assistant of the. Uh, Wait, I might not have assi- gotten to Paul Giamatti yet. So l- just, just freeze. No, he, he's in the first part of the. He episode. is. He is. Oh wait, he where? Is. Who? Who is he playing? He's just a very small part. He's he's part oh. of the team. He's part of the team under the under the under. Oh, the, like um, behind the scenes and everything. Yeah, he's part of the team under the director, uh, under the creator of the. He's just part of the team. But I, I love the actor. I like him in things. It's it's fun to watch him when he still had hair. Um, <laughs> um, also, because he's like he's one of those actors. I grew up, I grew up with Paul Giamatti as well because I love like Big Fat Liar, which is another movie that I hope I'm gonna see with think... Frankie Muniz. Like I Paul Giamatti turns think... blue. I've he's seen like a that producer. One. Maybe. Oh, gosh. Okay. Maybe. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I really enjoy this film. I think that this film has a lot of um, heart to it. At one point, watching the film, I, I swear I thought I Samuel Jackson was in the film, and then I was like disappointed it wasn't him. It was just a guy who was dressed exactly like his Pulp Fiction character, and I was oh, like, I've seen that film. I was so excited for a second, and then I was like, oh dang, maybe it was a reference to Pulp Fiction because that, that movie came out in a really. It, probably around the same time this came out uh also love pulp fiction i'm not gonna lie i don't know when this came out i'm guessing the 90s yeah i think well well, like uh, i i know jim carrey like like this came out in 1998 uh so this was right as he was doing like the ace ventura detectives and all of that stuff right and like the mask and all of that stuff well the mask came out in 94 Okay, so this so is like, a couple years after The Mask. So yeah, so so like Jim Carrey was homeless. I don't know if you knew this. Jim Carrey was homeless. He only had like 10 – he talks about it. It's amazing. He only had like $10 to his name when he signed on to do uh, – I think Ace Ventura, Pet Detective was his first like breakout film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of set him up. Um, and he was able to have money from that on just to live. Just to survive. It's a hard thing. 
yeah. So uh, wait, wait for you know. I I I do love him. I, I think he's a great actor. Um, yeah. But uh, let's. Why don't we get into yeah. the film? Let's get into it. I mean, I know pretty much nothing. So going into it, I knew pretty much nothing. So it starts with a man saying that we have become bored of watching actors give phony emotions, which I took offense to. That's hurtful. Some actors, yes, they're phony, but some actors, they're real emotions. Like, come on. I understand where he's coming from, but like, dude, like the people that are good at their craft can give you real emotions. Um, But anyway, I digress. So he says, we are bored of watching actors give phony emotions or pyrotechnics and special effects. While the world he inhabits is counterfeit, nothing fake about Truman himself. It's not always Shakespeare, but it's life and it's genuine. And that's when I paused and I was like, wait, I've heard of this movie. So... This is where I was like, wait, I think I actually kind of maybe somewhat know what's going on. I don't actually know what's going on, but maybe somewhat kind of know what's going on. And I was like, okay, so is this the movie where Truman was brought up and raised in this world where everyone around him is an actor and like knows that it's a fake world, but like he doesn't know that it's a fake world, but he thinks that everything is real and the story follows him thinking that it's all real, finding out that it isn't, and then he tries to escape from the fake world. And the reason that it's called The Truman Show is that people in the real world, per se, for anyone that's listening, just audio, real world is in quotations, but the real world tune in to watch Truman's life. So that's what I was like, wait, I think I have heard of this film. I don't know how anything like progresses or what's going on, but like I have heard of this film. Yeah, I mean, this film is definitely, like, one of, like, interest. I think it's really funny that this film came in, like, 98. Um, I don't know if anybody, you know, there was a um, really funny interview with, uh, I forget what director, but he was, like, calling the Avengers films, uh, like, he was, like, making fun of the Avengers films. He said, they're not film, they're just movies, they're just amusement park rides. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so that got a lot of flack, of course. Uh, on this director i think it was um kubrick said it uh stanley kubrick um and i think it's a very fascinating conversation um as a theater artist i i look at that conversation he has at the beginning and he's like he's like oh we need people to be real and i I, i'm instantly brought to like the argument of like stella adler and like you know people like that from the stanislavski movement who took stanislavski and went they ran with it. And, you know, it, it was Stanislavski was like, no, 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 I'm about theatrical truth. But, you know, people ignore that. Um, and I think it's just one of those things where, like, as a director, I have a lot of problems with the thing the first guy said. I have a lot of problems with it as an actor, but I understand where he's coming from to set up the film. Yeah. And I think I think it's it's really fascinating to, like, you know, from a perspective of, like, morality as well, as we yeah. go deeper into the film. Fair enough. So this is when I clocked like, okay, I kind of know what's going on in this film. Not really. But I know the general concept of what's going on in this film pretty much. So Truman Burbank, we then get like credits and it was like Truman Burbank himself. And then I was like Jim Carrey. And then I clocked like, oh, these are credits for like the TV show. So Mm. makes sense of why they're saying that Truman Burbank is truman burbank because it was the credits for the show not credits for the film which took me like 
I think until we got to the second name to process like, oh, that's what's happening. But <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was slightly thrown off. I was like, who's named Truman Burbank? And isn't Jim Carrey true? Oh, okay. Like, yeah, it was just, I, I didn't clock it right away, but that's fine. So anyway, Truman is saying he isn't going to make it to the top of the mountain. And the director says people leave him on all night for comfort. And then we get Hannah Gill as Meryl. There is no difference between public and private life. Truman Show is a lifestyle and a blessed life. We'll get into that. And then we have Lewis Coltrane as Marlon. And he says, it's all real. Nothing's faked. It's controlled, but nothing's fake. Which is interesting again, which makes me think like, okay... But if it's controlled, doesn't that mean that it's fake? Because you're not actually seeing what his world would be like, right? Like, if you're controlling it, it is fake because you are dictating how his life should go, which makes it a fake life. It's not a real life. You're dictating how it goes. Yeah, so I think it's a very interesting conversation of, like, you know what we perceive as reality um as well as you know may i think it's also a statement against you know reality television um we know that reality television is fake i mean jersey shore uh the keeping up with the kardashians we know it's fake but it's the drama that drives people to these shows and i think that's very we fascinating um and it's like you know I I don't care for reality television. I think it's just it's it's not interesting um because it's yeah. not real. I watched some of it. So like the reality show that I would watch growing up was like The Amazing Race. Okay. And that one it's it's a little more real. I mean obviously there are bits that aren't real. That's uh, fine and but like I liked it more because you could, they would travel to other countries, they would see other cultures and try things in other cultures. So I enjoyed that aspect of it of like, hey, I don't necessarily know anything about Cambodia, but they are now going to Cambodia and learning about the culture. They're doing something that people in Cambodia do on a daily basis to where, you know, to people who grew up in America, it's foreign. But to people who live in Cambodia, it's like, oh, this is just normal everyday life. Yeah. So, like, I enjoyed that aspect of The Amazing Race more. And, you know, because at least, like, we were seeing other cultures. We were learning about the world in just a fun way kind of deal. At least that's how I viewed The Amazing Race. I know in the UK there is another, like, they have their own version of The Amazing Race as well. I don't remember what it's called. But I know that it exists. But, like, that was, like, the reality show that I would watch growing up. I didn't really watch any other reality TV shows growing up. That was the only one. And then after I grew up a bit, like, recently, in, like, the last year and a half, I've kind of started enjoying Survivor a little bit. Because, again, like, there are aspects of it that are fake. And that's always going to be the case because there's always the production side of things. But then you still see, like hey, like, there are these challenges, and, like, you know, there's this, and, like, there's, you know, politics that pretty much run that show. So while parts of it are going to be taken care of with 
um, with production and everything, there's still an aspect of truth to that show, which is why I think those are the only two shows in reality television that I've ever seemed to enjoy in any capacity because you can kind of see a bit of the truth in it, even though, like, as an actor, I know that there are a lot of factors that go into it that it doesn't make it as real as it actually is. Yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense. I think as well, like, you know, we're dealing with, you know, I, I like watching, I watched a parody of a, of a reality show as a kid, you know, Total Drama Island. Uh, and I love it. Like it was great fun, show, but such a it's a parody of it, and I'm always down for a parody. Like I'm always down for something that makes fun of another thing. Uh, I just think that you get into a dangerous situation where you're claiming reality, and I agree with you. So yeah, let's continue. Yeah. So where we're at, Truman says, "Eat me, damn it!" That's an order. He's off on his like hiking up a mountain thing. He's he's just having a good time. Uh, <laughs> I'm here for Truman. I like Truman. He's just he's just doing his own thing. And Meryl calls to Truman saying that he's going to be late. And we then see that it is day 10,909 of this show, which is wild. And we'll get into like, because I got curious a bit later. It might be this episode. It might be the next episode where we talk about like the age of it. But I definitely looked it up. And we'll get a bit more into it a bit later. But pretty much, I quickly, I looked it up. Day 10,909, he's 29 years old, about to turn 30. Yeah. So just for context of, you know, how old is someone in this show? Like, how old would Truman be? He's in his, he's almost 30 is where he's at. But Truman goes out, he greets his neighbors, and... He's scared of Pluto, the beautiful Dalmatian. Um, I'm so sad that he's scared of the dog. I love dogs. And I was like, oh, he doesn't like puppies. I mean, Pluto is a very large Dalmatian. but <laughs> Also, I don't know if you know this. Dalmatians are one of the most dangerous breeds in all of the, like, all of the world. But Pluto just wanted kisses. Mm, yeah, Pluto. Yeah, Pluto can stay. Uh, <laughs> um... um so he's with Pluto, and, you know, Pluto's like, hi, I want you. And uh, he's like, no. Uh, <laughs> and he, hop he hops in his uh, his car. Um, I also, like, really enjoy the fact that you can always tell when you're watching the Truman Show, if you will, or or, or you're, you're in the Truman Show, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So, like, there's the – whenever the camera focuses in and has a little shadowy on the, on the corners or – shot you know whatever you can tell what camera angle you're filming through yeah i like how they showed that like hey some of these cameras are hidden cameras and you know like and the way to show it it's like you know this might not necessarily be the best camera angle that someone can get but if you're trying to hide it from them like yeah the camera has to be under his desk in a discreet way in like this little nook kind of deal so that he doesn't clock that there's a camera there kind of deal which one thing the neighbor next door has a trash can that has a camera on the bin and he doesn't notice like that is the most obvious camera placement ever and he's just like ah well this is normal like what <laughs> i think when you think you know you know you're going through your own life you know i think the point is like 
you know, if whether, you know, you don't notice everything. You don't notice 100% of everything in the world. And, you know. No, and it's also possible that, like, the other trash cans, but that's the only trash can that we see. That's the yeah. only bin that we see. But it's possible that other bins also have, even if they're not, like, actual cameras, they might have, like, the same little button on it. So, like, there's the same look. So he might just think, like, oh, that's just what all the bins look like. But then, like, specific exactly. ones have built-in cameras so that they can get the angle kind of deal. So, makes sense. But just as Truman is about to get into the car, something falls from the sky and it crashes onto the street. Truman goes to investigate. He's very confused. And he tentatively taps it, picks it up and everything. And it's a light that has Sirius written on it. And I couldn't pick up what else was written on it. I could just see Sirius because Jim Carrey's shoulder was blocking the rest of the text in the shot. So I was like, ah, it's a light fixture. Which, can I just say, like, props to the production team. They have created a sky that is a sky. And then above that, they have lights. Like, whoo. Well done. Well done to the production team. I, I just love the fact, like, it's the scariest thing to ever happen in a film set ever. Because I think, you know, like, the first time a light fell on an actor, it was the biggest scandal in, in Hollywood history. Um, and, like, it was a major, major injury case. Who yeah. was liable? All that stuff. Uh, I, but this is like... oh. This is a this is a TV show where you don't tell your main actor he's an actor. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine it fell on Truman. Like the amount of the the amount of paperwork they would have had to do, and, and the amount of like, oh shit, we just killed our main actor. Amount of stuff that would have have to happen uh, is quite funny to me, as well as because um, I work with I work with lights, I work with stage lighting. I understand like you need safety cables, you need things to prevent. Like OSHA has literally yeah, passed. Yeah, how did this happen? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> under my understanding, the clamp broke, and they just didn't have a safety cable under it. It's actually really funny. OSHA in America uh, doesn't require safety cables over the stage in theater, only over the audience. Ah, oh, great. So, like, you know, a light could fall on me, and whoopsie doos, like it happens. But, like, you know, we can't hurt the people who are paying, you know, to come see the show well, and I, see I, the person that's uh, on stage. I think OSHA's reasoning. I mean, most theaters don't adhere to that. Most theaters, like, safety cable every light or should. If you're a theater and you haven't safety cabled every light and I go into your theater, I'm going to safety cable your lights. Um, <laughs> but, like, what I think can happen, you know, it's really funny to me, uh, is, you know, actors are insured audience members are not so like if a light falls on you at work you technically get workers comp actors would get workers comp you know that is true mean. so audience members wouldn't also audience members sue faster i'm just gonna put that out there <laughs> i mean we um, understand the risks when we're acting yeah but a light falling on you it shouldn't be a risk um but i it think shouldn't. it shouldn't it happened my best friend dropped the light on somebody Ooh. I mean, okay, in Dylan's defense, it wasn't fully his fault. So what had happened, this was a show that happened in high school. This was my senior year. We were doing Footloose. And 
for some reason, even though we all said it was a bad idea, the director decided that we were going to fly down some lights so that we could light from the side. We all said it was a bad idea. She still thought that it was a good idea and that we would do it. So fine. We were doing it. He was flying down the lights. He was working backstage. His job was to fly down the light. He gave the all clear. The all clear was given and he was given the all clear. But then somehow something happened and the main actor, the guy who was playing Ren was on skates because it was right before the skate scene. Uh... In Footloose. And so he had an extra two feet on top of him, which wasn't accounted for. And so if he was just, you know, in his normal like sneakers, nothing would have happened. But because he was on his skates, he got hit in the head with the light, even though the all clear was given and it wasn't Ow. clear. So like there was just miscommunication somewhere. And then because he was also, you know, on skates, it added to it. And I mean, thankfully he was okay and everything, but it's happened and I've been there when it's happened. And it's, it's a scary thing. Yeah. I think the, the number one thing about a fly system, whether you're running fly or anything like that during the show, you gotta be careful. Yeah. Uh, also, your director sounds like a nightmare. Um, yeah, she wasn't our main director in high school. Uh, this director came in because our like main theater director was on maternity leave. So oh, she didn't fair. get the chance. So she didn't do that show. It was someone else. So it was a whole thing. There, were, there was a lot of drama around that show. Just I mean, in general. sense, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, back to the Truman Show. They explained this light falling by saying that it was an aircraft flying over New Haven, and it started losing parts just a few moments ago. And Truman just goes about his day, and, like, you know, we're listening to some classical music, and I'm like, Truman didn't have a single thought of, like, oh, those poor people on that aircraft that's just, like, falling apart now. Oh, well. Like, <laughs> I love that he's just like, whatever. It doesn't affect me. So he gets the paper, he gets a magazine for his wife, and we also see him get stopped and pushed against a wall by two twins, and then there's a very, very large sign for free-range Kaiser chicken. Is Kaiser yeah. chicken a thing? I don't In... think so. Like, okay. so, like, Kaiser rolls are a thing. Like I've heard of Kaiser, Kaiser rolls. I think it's just a brand. Look. All I'm saying, great product placement. <laughs> it is front and center. Pacement or placement? I said placement. You said pacement. Did I say pacement? You did. Placement. <laughs> placement. There you go. Great Words product. are yes. hard, ladies and gentlemen. Words are hard. <laughs> T-shirt. Words are hard. Uh, no, I think it is hilariously... Oh, it's just so funny. They're like, ah, product placement. Push them up against the thing. Uh, <laughs> and um, that's, how we get our pro that's how we get our dollars, everyone. Wee! So anyway, they quickly finish the conversation. Truman says, think about the deal. It's a two for one. And I was like, lol, get it? Because they're twins. Ha ha. And Truman. I hate, I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck with me. <laughs> I know, I know. So Truman seems like the kind of person, you know, he's very kind. He's letting everyone in before him. And then he just delivers the line. I'm not that anxious to get there. And I'm like, you know what, Truman? I feel that. And I'm pretty sure any person ever walking into their job understands your sentiment. Well done. Like just 
Yeah. We love that. It's like, look, do I need to go in? Yes. Am I completely okay with being a kind human being and letting the others go before me so that technically it's like, hey, why are you late? Oh, I was holding the door for people or there was a long line of people and I let them go before me because they seemed like they were in a rush. Like, that's okay. Plus, can, can we talk about his job really quick? They really gave him the most boring business nine to five office job they could. Yeah. Also, like, who wants to watch that as part of the show? Like, look, if you're gonna make Truman an interesting character to watch, get him to do, like, be an actor. So where he thinks that he's an actor in a TV show, in a TV show. Wow. Like, there there are so many other things they could have given him a job to do. It would have been more interesting to watch him, you know, go around and pick up garbage. That's all I'm saying. It's uh, honest work, but it's significantly more interesting than sitting at a desk. Yeah, no one wants a desk job. Nah, I mean, we'll get to that. So... We find out that his name is Truman Burbank, which we did know, but, like, I completely forgot until I saw the little, like, nameplate on his desk. And Truman uses his phone and is trying to whisper to get a connection to the Fiji Islands. And his cubicle neighbor pops up with a paper that reads, The Island Times, the best place on Earth. Sea Haven <laughs> voted planet's top town. And I was like, okay, they're really piling it on here for poor little Truman, who's in a TV show. I just want to make a comment about his last name, you know, Burbank, you know, Burbank, California. California. Yeah. 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 Just for anyone just... that's unaware, Burbank, California is like Hollywood. Yes. yes. Very close to it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's part of the Hollywood area and it's amazing. I love Burbank. It has Bob's big boy. And that is why you go to Burbank. It's Bob's big boy. What's Bob's big boy. The best burger in all of, well, not the best burger in California. One of the best burgers in all of California. Okay. Is it a fast food burger? Is it a sit-down place? I don't I don't know. I've never heard of it. It's this kind of like a mixture, I would say. So like either, you know, you can sit down. It, it it's like a mad a burger place. It's like a, a five guys. Mm, 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 even no, a bit no, no, no. In in terms of like the establishment, like if you wanna go in and you want to sit down, you can. But you it's also fairly common for takeaway. It's like an Alice's or a Tom's. Haven't heard of either of those either. Oh, dang it. Um, it's like, imagine an old 1950s burger restaurant that just feels a little nicer. Okay, cool. Yeah, but I love Burbank. I mean, I went to, I went to school in, in Southern California University, uh, California State University, Northridge. Uh, I love it. Uh, I mean, I used to go to Big Bar's Big Boy with my housemates. We, we literally, we drove to Burbank just for burgers once, and it was amazing. I mean, also, there's Umami Burger down the street, which is also, like, let me tell you. Uh, but, yeah, but I love Burbank. I went to school in Portland. We just no went to food cares. trucks. <laughs> Fair. Hey, there were some I really mean, good ones. I mean, there are good food trucks in California as well. I mean, we got the oh, best, I believe taco, it. best tacos in the country. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Texas might have something to say about that. But I, from the tacos that I had when I was in California last, which I think was 2019 was the last time that like I was actually in California. 
for a slightly extended period of time. They were really good tacos. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, Truman is, you know, dismissive and says into the phone that it's like, oh, if he's in a coma, he's probably uninsurable. And I was like, what is happening on the other end of the line? Oh, wait, it was a cover-up so that he didn't, like, the cubicle mate wouldn't process that, like, you know, he just wanted to try to get connected to Fiji. Anyway. He's trying to get in contact with someone named Lauren Garland in Fiji. There's no listing. He then tries Sylvia Garland, nothing, and dejected, he hangs up and pulls out the hidden magazine with a woman's face on multiple pages, like there are just multiple women's faces in this magazine, and as he coughs, he rips out one of the pages of the magazine so that he can look into the eyes of the woman. And I was like, I don't know who this Lauren or this Sylvia person is, but I feel like they're going to show up later and it's going to make a lot more sense. But I'm very confused on what's going on right now. So, Lawrence, yeah, uh, you know, (laughs) we've been introduced to this idea. We'll see where it goes. Lawrence has shown up and he has a prospect in Wells Park that he needs Truman to close. And Wells Park is on Harbor Island. Truman says he can't do it. He has an appointment. It's a dentist appointment. And Lawrence says, you know what? You'll lose a lot more than teeth if you don't meet the quota. No, he won't, Lawrence. You know that he won't. He's not going to lose anything. They're not going to fire their main actor from this TV show who doesn't even know that they're an actor. At most, he's just going to get a significantly more interesting job than working at the bank. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is It is really funny. I mean, I think that, like, you know, he he does it. He he just I don't know. It's really funny to have like this guy be like, Oh yeah, you you're gonna get fired if you if you don't do this thing. And it's like it makes him feel like any other job, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Lauren says in hushed tones and tells Truman that they're making cutbacks at the end of the month, and Truman needs this. Pulls half uh plus half hour across the bay, fresh sea air would do him some good. And so we're at the Harbor Island Ferry. He gets a return ticket and looks at the ticket guy of like, why in the world would I just want a one-way ticket to Harbor Island? That sounds like a horrible idea. What is wrong with you? Is the kind of look that Jim Carrey was imposing on this man. Beautiful. Jim Carrey's facial just acting is incredible. I mean, that's what Jim Carrey's known for. That's what he's known for. There's a beautiful clip of him when, you know, people come up to him and they're like, oh, look, it's the Grinch. And then he, like, contorts his face and he's like, hello. And, like, you know, it's like, yeah. There's the whole thing with his eyebrows. I can't can't do it. Um, (laughs) Like, that's that's not what I'm good at. My face is uh, silly, but it it doesn't contort in... The beautiful way that Jim Carrey's face does. And I don't know of any other actor that can contort their face and has as much control on their facial muscles as Jim Carrey does. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I I don't know of anyone else that has that. And if they do, then I'm sorry that I am not as well versed with your talents. But great job by Jim Carrey right there. He is hesitant to get on the ferry, but he slowly makes his way to the dock where conveniently, for some reason, they have a dinghy that has been sunk. Because why not? Truman starts to panic. 
he puts himself together. He stands and he starts to head back to land saying that he'll be okay. And I was like, well, there goes the quota. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's afraid of the water. He's afraid of the water. I'm not completely sure why, but we learn about that in a little bit. I didn't think too much of it. I was just like, okay, he is scared of going on a boat. I don't know why, but he's scared of going on a boat. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people, I think there's an actual phobia name for it as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about, like, your social media right now, but, like, my Instagram reels the the algorithm right now is just showing me all of these like posts and reels of people just in the north sea and how treacherous the north sea is jesus <laughs> and like it's very fun to read all the comments cuz all the comments are like why who would do this why are they doing this can we appreciate the guy who's just chilling on a lounge chair on the boat but why would they do this also appreciate the vikings they did this in wooden boats <laughs> like <laughs> my question is where was the boat gonna go like obviously like we've like you know is there a set for this other island and they're gonna have the actor ready to for this insurance claim thing that he's going to have to do yeah on the off chance that like he actually gets on the boat and decides to conquer his fear like what are you gonna do do you have a backup plan i don't know (laughs) yeah um we'll see i mean uh christoph the creator you know is played by uh he's in the first bit of them really quick i just wanted to say he's played by ed harris Cool. Who who is uh which I I didn't know it was Ed Harris until recently, but I I love Ed Harris. I think he's been in like Apollo thirteen, radio, like oh. Oh, he's in National Treasure too. Yeah, he's the he's the guy. He's the he's the villain in National Treasure too. Yeah. I never realized that this was him. I really like him as an actor. Yeah, me too. I also love him in Radio. Radio is one of my favorite football movies. I haven't seen radio. Oh no, not another one. I mean, at this uh, point, dude, uh, I'm I'm looking at his, I'm looking at Ed Harris right now, um, and his filmography. I yeah. haven't seen many of his films. National Treasure Two is definitely what I know him from. Watch radio, please. You don't have to. You don't have to do an episode. Just watch radio. Just watch radio. Okay. Just watch I've radio. seen Apollo Thirteen. Oh, that's good. I would have been really mad at you. If you no, I have, seen I have seen Apollo 13. It has been years since I have seen Apollo 13, which is why, like, I just don't recognize Ed Harris from Apollo 13, if that makes sense. Like, I know Apollo 13, and I know that Tom Hanks is in Apollo 13, if I'm remembering yeah. it correctly. So, like, yeah, I have seen it i just don't recognize him from it because it's not as ingrained in my memory because i've only seen it once whereas i love the national treasure film so every now and again i'll just be like oh it's been a few years i'll watch this so um just for our notification uh just something we should keep in mind apollo 13 i think it's an adaptation of course it is Uh, so ladies (laughs) and gentlemen what steven and i are learning as we are putting together this new show that is going to be coming out very very soon <laughs> we have everything's learned, an adaptation we have learned that almost everything is an adaptation and we're like oh no <laughs> that's fine i mean i want to do romeo and juliet and the baz Luhrmann romeo and juliet i think that'd be a great episode 
we'll get to it at some point. Let's uh, yeah. let's get the first episodes of that show out. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Let's get back to Truman Show. <laughs> let's get back to the Truman Show. So we're back home, and Truman is gardening, and Meryl has come home, and looks like she's a nurse. She rides a bicycle. This is what we know about Meryl. <laughs> and at the shop, she bought him a chef's pal. It's a dicer, a grater, a peeler, all in one. It never needs sharpening, and it's dishwasher safe. Oh my gosh. Buy it now for $32.99. But wait, if you order within the next five minutes, we'll throw in a second one for free. Just pay extra shipping and handling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, the product placement just kills me in this movie. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's absolutely hilarious. And I absolutely love it. Hey, if anyone needs anyone for infomercials, hit me up. Um, I can do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, later, that, later that night, we see Marlon and he is enjoying a beer with Truman and they are hitting golf balls. Lovely. Just two, two friends being friends. <laughs> Also, there's another product placement with the beer itself. Is there? I didn't. I didn't catch. Yeah, the Marlon beer was like, "It's so great to have a cool, refreshing beer." <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, I did a whole gimmick with my hand. For those who are listening to just audio only, uh, I <laughs> yeah, acted yeah. out the infomercial of beer. <laughs> he acted out beer. Yeah, so... beer. <laughs> Anyway, so Truman reveals that he just wants to get out of the job, out of the island. He wants to get off the island. And Marlon says, why? You have a great job. You have a desk job. I'd kill for a desk job. And this is where I was like, you know what? For some people, a desk job works. And to those people, thank you for doing the desk job that you enjoy because if you didn't do what you did, I don't have the prospect of attempting to do what I do, which is create content and act and laugh and make people laugh and make people be like, Ankit's stupid. How does he not know things? So, like, thank you. I respect you greatly. I could never. I don't like desk jobs. I've done them. Not for me. Not, not my cup of tea. Yeah. I just want to point out they're hitting golf balls. Um we don't know where they're going. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't need to we don't need to think about that. I also thought about that, but I was like, "You know what? It's fine." <laughs> if this is a live set, I just want to point out you hit a golf ball just could hit a production person. No, but it does also seem like it's a live set, but it's also like the whole island, right? Yeah. Like the whole island is a set. And so where they're hitting golf balls seems like they're at the end of the road because it's like you see that you can't go any further and then they're hitting them down the road. And mm -hmm. also, if they know that this is happening and that this is what they're doing, hopefully the production people are smart enough to tell the extras who might still be on the set or people and just be like, hey guys, like just shift so that you don't accidentally get knocked by one of these golf balls. Cause like, we know yeah. what's going on. Just like move out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're hitting golf balls. They're hitting golf balls. And uh, Marlon is the only one drinking beer. Uh, I don't, Truman never grabs a beer. Nah, Truman never touches it. But 
We find out that Marlin stocks vending machines for a living, and he's like, that's excitement. And Truman asks if Marlin ever gets itchy feet, and Marlin asks where is there to go, and Truman says, Fiji. Marlin doesn't know where that is, and he's like, is that near Florida? And uh, appreciation to the bit from Marlin. Like, he's doing great. He obviously knows that all of this is fake, but I feel like he is truly just a good friend. Even later, we'll see, like, I feel like Marlin does a very good job of just being Truman's friend. To the point where I've gotten, I don't have ill will towards Marlin. I like him. Honestly, like, Marlin is, outside of Truman, Marlin's probably my favorite character in this He's not around a lot, but, like, he is just a good friend. And he's yeah. like, look, man, like, I'll have the conversation with you. And as an actor coming into this messed up world, he's also very good at letting Truman speak and letting Truman do what and say what he wants, but also not giving Truman that, like, kind of false sense that, like, oh, this is all fake kind of deal. He does a very good job of balancing it. So, like, well done to Marlon as just both Truman's friend and as an actor in the Truman show. So well done to you. So he then is like, okay, fine. Using the golf balls, he shows that Fiji is on the other side of the world and says that it is as far as you can get without coming back, which I thought was just a beautiful line, beautiful way to describe it. And in Fiji, there are still islands where humans have never set foot. Now I have never been to Fiji and I was curious is that still true today? I don't know. I've never been to Fiji. I, I don't know much about Fiji. I do know that Fiji water comes from Fiji. Really? I feel like that's just a brand. No, 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 no. So I learned this recently. Fiji water is actually from Fiji. Interesting. Well, there's Fiji Airways. Oh, uh, they've got an airline. So Fiji, a country in South Pacific, is an archipelago of more than 300 islands. Um, so, yeah, I believe there's probably... Three, there's probably you know, still of... some that people haven't stepped on or explored, or maybe uh, they mean, have. It's like, Madag- it's like Madagascar. Madagascar's off the continent of Africa, and people... It's uninhabited. Madagascar is habited. I was pretty sure it's uninhabited. I'm pretty sure people live in Madagascar, buddy. Mm. Or did they just let the lemurs run Madagascar? I think the lemurs just run Madagascar. <laughs> do the do the lemurs? Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna type that into Google. We're gonna find out. Do lemurs run Madagascar? Let's see what Google says. Madagascar has been inhabited by human beings for a relatively short period, about thirteen hundred years. See, it's inhabited. Has been inhabited. Oh, inhabited. Yeah. Oh, so they just let the <laughs> lemurs truly run that country. Madagascar has harmed the more, more than 21 million people with a wide array of face of customs. Steven, stop lying to me. Pick a side. <laughs> Google's told me both things, all right? So Google could be right and wrong. <laughs> Welcome to the internet. So, anyway. There were no humans the- in the film Madagascar with Alex the Lion. I think, you know, I like to believe that that movie was fi- correct. Great films. That, that Fantastic dream- films. I think it's DreamWorks, that DreamWorks did their research. 
Well done, DreamWorks. Anyway, back to the Truman Show, because we are yeah. not getting far in this episode. We're only like 20 minutes into the film. We're like 10 minutes into the film. No, this is 20. This is okay. 20. We'll, we'll, we'll take 20. So, we're on page three of my notes. <laughs> yeah, but we're only doing a quarter of the film in this episode, so it's fine. That is true. So, then... We are back, and Marlon asks, you know, when will you go? And Truman says, it isn't that simple. It takes money, planning, you can't just up and go. But he will do it, and don't worry, bonus time is just around the corner. And I was like, no, it's not. You didn't meet your quota. <laughs> so Truman is... <laughs> no bonus for you. You didn't go on the boat. You didn't go on the boat. No bonus for you. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hey, uh, come to my office. Sorry. Everyone else gets a bonus. They went on the boat. You, no boat, no bonus. (laughs) It's a boat bonus. (laughs) It's a boat bonus. So Truman's sitting on a bench, and in a flashback, we see that he is sailing with his dad when he was a little kid. The dad didn't like the weather, but the son convinced him to stay up for a little longer. They get caught in a storm, and the dad gets thrown overboard and drowns at sea. This explains yeah. his fear of water and boats. Yeah, he's Very... sitting on the on on the beach, not a bench. Sorry, yes, he's sitting on a beach. I read bench, but wrote beach, so we're doing great. There. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, everyone loves a bench on a beach and a beach and a bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, looking at my notes, it literally says B E A C H, beach. And I read bench. So we're hey, doing great. Life. <laughs> it's, it's, it's moving. And this is also when I was like, wow, that is traumatic. I understand his fear of boats and why he didn't want to get on the boat. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. But also, that is a beautiful green screen of the moon that they've just inserted in and the sunset. Like, oh, beautiful. Like, the production team for the Truman Show is truly going up and beyond. Like, they were like, hey. It's not always interesting, but it's going to be aesthetically pleasing to look at. And we appreciate that. So it starts to rain just on Truman and the water follows him. And he notices that the water is following him. And I'm like, how do you not realize that something is whack about this? And then it just starts to rain completely. And Truman's caught in the rain. So he goes back home and he goes back home. He's soaked. Meryl's like, why are you wet? Like, Meryl is upset by him. He's like, she's like, what is wrong with you, Truman? Like, why are you like this? And Truman says that they can scrape together 8K and they can bum around the world for a year using that. And Meryl says, then what? Where will they be, you know, after that? They're just going to be where they were five years ago. They have mortgage payments. They have car payments. Are you just going to walk away from your financial obligations? Honestly, that sounds lovely. (laughs) I mean, I just looked at my student loans of what I owe the United States government. Great. So we're going to continue on. Truman says that it's going to be an adventure. And Meryl <laughs> thought that they wanted to try for a baby. Truman says that can wait, but he wants to go see the world. He wants to explore the world. And Meryl says that it'll pass. We all think like this. Let's get you out of those wet clothes and come to bed. And then we see two security officers in the real world. So listeners, for continuation throughout this movie i'm gonna call it the real world and truman's world so like if or truman show and then the real world so if i'm referring to the real world it's 
not the world that Truman knows is what I'm referring to just for ease. So I don't have to keep explaining myself, but so in the real world, we then see two security officers and Scully from Brooklyn nine, nine is just like, you know, yeah. woo! <laughs> and he's just like, ah, we never see anything. They turn the camera. We'll play music. Something like that. <laughs> I, I love like, oh. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I was so happy to see him. Rest in peace to Andre. Great, yeah. great actor. He passed away recently as we are recording this earlier this week. Absolutely phenomenal actor. Um, By the way, he's not a security guard. He, he was wearing a security guard outfit. No, they're wearing... They're wear, they work in mechanic shop. They work in the garage. Okay, fine. Then he's a... Works as a mechanic. I don't know. I thought it was security officers. They don't tell me what they are. Yeah, but like they're where they're like they're in a car shop. Like you look behind them. There's literal cars. They're. I wasn't paying fixed. attention. I was excited to see Scully. Okay. <laughs> How do you get that so wrong? You've known me for a while. You shouldn't be surprised by this. Okay, Scully is playing a garage assistant. All right, a garage right. engineer. Great, that's the only time that we've seen them. We'll and the on. actor's name is Joel McKinnon Miller. We do, he's a good actor, great actor. Like, love him. Uh, anything that I've seen him do is lovely. I've seen him in, like, one or two other, like, things where he's come in kind of, like, in this one, where it's, like, a short one-liner, two-liner thing. But I've always enjoyed seeing him on the screen. But we're going to take a quick break for the intermission, and then we will continue this episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Post Finale. I hope you're all enjoying this episode with Steven, where we are starting to go through the Truman Show. And this is the first episode of 2024. So Happy New Year, everyone. I hope everyone's doing well in the new year. We have some big things planned here in the new year, not just for post-finale, but for the various shows that are going to be here on Co-op Forge. So as we have alluded to, Steven and I have a new show that is coming out this Friday. So in two days' time, if you are listening to this day that it comes out, in two days' time, we are releasing a show called Flip the Scripts. It's all about adaptations, and we are starting with the Percy Jackson books and the Percy Jackson movies. Yes, for anyone that has read these books or has seen these movies, we know that they're not the greatest adaptations in the world, but that's why we chose them to start with. So if you want to hear us talk about these adaptations, the changes in the books to the film, what we think, which one holds up better, what do we think of the film, what do we think of the book, so on and so forth, then be sure, check that out. You can find that on whatever podcast app you use to listen to the podcast. Just search Flip the Scripts on Friday. And you can also find the show here on the Co-op Forge YouTube channel. It's all going to be right here on this YouTube channel if you are listening to YouTube. Now, with that out of the way, if you would like to gain access to some bonus content, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash coopforge. So that's patreon.com slash co underscore O-P-F-O-R-G-E. And when you sign up for the Patreon, you're not just getting bonus content for Post Finale, but you're going to be getting bonus content for Flip the Scripts and another show that's in the works and should be coming out here in a week or two. I'm still keeping it a little under wraps until we're 
fully ready to let that one go live. But you will not just be getting bonus content for one show. You'll be getting bonus content for any show that is done here on Co-op Forge. And it helps us continue being able to do this for you, the listeners. We really want to help grow our community this year and get a lovely group of people to talk about films, to talk about books, talk about nerdy things. It's a good time. You don't want to miss out. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Post Finale Pod. You can also follow us at Co-op Forge, C-O underscore O-P-F-O-R-G on all the platforms. And if you want to follow us on TikTok, we just have one TikTok for everything that we're doing here on Co-op Forge. And that is also at Co-op Forge on TikTok, C-O underscore O-P-F-O-R-G-E. And if you want to support the show in a non-monetary way, that's really helpful as well. Word of mouth is the best way to help grow the shows. It really, really does mean a lot to us. Just reach out to a friend and be like, hey, you like podcasts. Hey, you like films. Just reach out. It really does mean a lot. Be sure to leave a rating or review if you're listening on any of the podcasts app. That helps more than you know. And if you're listening on YouTube, just hit that subscribe button. It really does help us out. And we haven't mentioned it yet. But if we hit a thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel, then we are going to be talking about the Twilight series over on Flip the Scripts. So be sure to hit that button if you want to hear us talk about Twilight, which neither of us have ever read before. But I've rambled on for a while. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Happy New Year to everyone. And let's just get back into the episode. So we're back. And we are on the next day. We are now on day 10,910. Truman gets the paper, his magazine, for his wife. Steven, you have something to say? Doesn't he go downstairs to the basement before? No, that happens in a little bit. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. confused on my order. My bad. Keep going. No, 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 you're good. That happens later on this day. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he passes an old man, and he recognizes him as his dad. And oh, just man. then, two people in suits grab the dad and pull him away. Truman is slowed down by runners who are all wearing headphones and the exact same clothes, which was interesting. And I was like, <laughs> production staff, go, go, stop him. Which, fine. He then also runs over a man who is just minding his own business on the pavement. And then knocks over a bicyclist all in the effort to try to get to dad. And dad is ushered onto a bus, which the doors close and it starts pulling away. Truman's chasing the bus, asking for it to be stopped, but it doesn't. And then Truman is then stopped by a taxi that, you know, pulls right in front of him. And he realizes that the bus is gone. And then a cute wiener dog runs by and Truman looks confused. Yeah, because the wiener dog was being walked by one of the people that took his dad or yeah, yeah. who he thinks his dad is <laughs> and the wiener dog was just abandoned <laughs> yeah a couple things one you've abandoned the dog how dare you yeah. if number one i'll adopt that dog i'll take the dog here's the thing listeners if you haven't picked this up already i love animals so whenever in a film if an animal is hurt or abused or left oh. behind. I'm so sad. I want nothing but happiness for the animals. Yeah, Marley and me hurt. Yeah. Owen Wilson though. 
Great job in that film. Hey, it was a good film. Hey, you've seen that one. Wow, I'm so <laughs> I, get, I give Ankit two points for that. Hey, I've read the book too. It's an adaptation. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I read the book and then the movie came out and then I watched the movie, even though I knew how it was gonna end. Okay, let's continue Truman Show before we have to make a Marley and Me adaptation episode. <laughs> so, but the other thing is, if this is a set, how did they let the dad just sneak onto the set? How is this allowed? You know, people sneak onto sets all the time in Hollywood. Sure. There's like there's like pictures of people on the wall of like people banned from studios because they snuck onto sets. Fair. Look, ladies and gentlemen, don't sneak onto a set. It doesn't help anyone and the actors just want to do their job. Everyone's just trying to do their job so that you can get good content. Just don't sneak onto sets. If you want to get on a set, see if there's a legal way that you can get on a set. Sign up for the live studio audience. Sign up for that. Sign up to be an extra if you want to be in it. Like, you can try to be an extra when they do that. Like, there are so many ways that you can go watch something be filmed, but don't sneak onto sets. It's just rude to everyone yeah. who is trying to do their job. Back in the day, they actually used to, like, when they were doing uh, silent movies, so mm -hmm. back before talkies were introduced um they used to sell tickets to people for like i think it was like a nickel but people would come in and like would watch the silent movie be filmed because obviously you can talk while a silent movie was being filmed so they'd watch people film old westerns and they would sell tickets on the universal backlot for people to watch oh huh, interesting it was really cool i mean like back in the day you know obviously didn't matter now because back in the when day when a nickel meant something well, then when talkies started getting, you know, big, uh, then it was like, ah, oh, we can't have people on set anymore. Yeah, makes sense. Because people don't shut up. Yeah. So we then see a woman, and I'm guessing this is mother. And she is telling Truman it isn't strange at all. She sees him ten times a week with a hundred different faces. And she almost hugged the stranger at the salon once because she thought that it was him. And Truman is convinced that it was dad dressed like a homeless man. And it was weird that a businessman and then a woman with a very small dog ushered him onto the bus. Again, we need justice for the dog. Oh, she's in Legally Blonde. That's why I know her. I haven't seen Legally Blonde. She's also in Spy Kids 2. Oh, I've seen that one. She's the grandmother of in Spy Kids. Oh, okay. She's in Two and a Half Men. Two and um, a Half Men. I don't think I've seen it. Um, she's also a voice in Cinderella. Cool. She's done um, a lot. She's done a lot. Yeah. Anyway, Truman Show. I was just, I thought she was also the mom for a second in National Treasure, but then, uh, no, that's a different actor. That's different. That is very different. So yeah. the mom says that it isn't, you know, it's good. They are cleaning up the trash around town before they become like the rest of the country. And just a PSA, homeless people are not trash. They are still people who have feelings, and you should treat them with respect. They are not yeah. trash. So Truman says that they never found his body, and if it wasn't dad, it was his twin. And mom's just like, dad was an only child, just like you. You know this. And mom says that Truman's just feeling bad because of what happened, him sailing off into that storm. She never blamed Truman, and she doesn't now. 
Not gonna lie, Mom. Oh. It kind of sounds like you're blaming Truman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I just realized that this actor is also the mom in George of the Jungle. I haven't seen George of the Jungle. Oh, no, Ankit. Dude, why are it's, you surprised at this point? It's so good. It's Brendan Fraser when he was fit. He's still fit. How dare you besmirk the name of Brendan Fraser? No, I love Brendan Fraser, but Brendan Fraser just did a movie called The Whale, and I think it was amazing. But this is Brendan Fraser when he was, like, toned. Oh, he was jacked Brendan Fraser. Yeah, like, when I met fit, I met jacked. Oh, okay, okay, fair. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, He's still a very healthy man. He's just in a different stage of life. This is when he was a parody of Tarzan. Ah, I haven't seen it. George, George, George of the jungle, watch out for that tree. Ah! See, I know and that. He, and then he hits the tree. <laughs> Fantastic. We're not talking about George of the jungle, though. No, back to the Truman Show, sorry. Back to the Truman Show. So Truman is opening this chest, and he's down in what looks like his basement. This is where he's in the basement. And he's opening a chest of what looks like childhood memories, and we see pics of him and dad. Meryl comes down and Truman hides the memories to make it look like he's fixing the motor on mm. the lawnmower. And Meryl knows that Truman saw his father today. Meryl says that she shouldn't, you know, upset his mother like that. And anyway, Meryl made macaroni and Truman isn't hungry. And I'm sorry, when was the last time as an adult you ate macaroni? Uh, as just the meal or part of the side? Like, macaroni and cheese as a meal. Never. Like, I have it as a side. Like, you know, at Thanksgiving, we had macaroni and cheese with, like, the turkey and the mashed potatoes. Sure, sure. That's fine. My my sister made it. Uh, Melanie, mm -hmm. she knows how to make the mac and cheese. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It it, it threw me off that macaroni was the main dish. (laughs) (laughs) Product placement, possibly? It didn't feel like a product placement. No, but, like, it could have led to a product placement, I'm saying. It could have if Truman followed. Yeah. It's true. True. It was setting up. But, sadly, Macaroni didn't make the product placement cut. They didn't give enough money to (laughs) the producers. No, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Macaroni. So, Meryl says, you know, he should throw out the lawnmower and just get the new elk rotary. Uh... (laughs) Product placement. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And Meryl leaves and Truman goes back to his box of memories and he pulls out a bag and inside of it is a red blouse. Now, Mm -hmm. in the real world, we learn from somebody watching that they got rid of her, but they couldn't erase the memory. And this is where I was like, this feels really messed up. They're just using this man for entertainment. They don't actually care about this man. They just want, like, to see him suffer or struggle or anything. Like, what? Like this is so wrong on so many levels. Just, ugh. It, it made me irky. I didn't like it. Yeah. Now we're th- and I think it's really interesting because now we're 30 minutes into the film and you're just like, you're just you start to feel bad for Truman, and you're just like, "Oh, buddy, oh, buddy," because now now it's like that question of like, where does entertainment go too far? Mm-hmm. So we then 
you know, we see a flashback. And we see Marlon is playing the trumpet. Honestly, not bad trumpet playing. Not very good. Quite good. Like, well I th- done. I, I think at this point, though, I realized it was like, oh, wow, they've been doing this TV show for a long time. So, I, Mar- you know, I wondered when Marlon, like, I wonder how long Marlon's been in the show or, you know what I mean? I feel like Marlon may have shown up high school or college. Yeah, but that's a long time to be in a TV show. Do you know what I mean? 24 hours a day, it's filmed. It's filmed 24 hours a day, but he's not always in it. That's true. But I'm just saying, that is a long time to be in a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, even the longest running sitcom of all time with The Big Bang Theory ran for 12 seasons. Oh, not Big Bang Theory. 29 years. Yeah. Love Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory. Theory. Great show. I absolutely loved it. And I know a lot of people had issues with it and felt like, you know, when it got to the end, they were just extending it for no reason of extending it. I didn't feel like that. I enjoyed it the whole way through. There were Mm -hmm. episodes here and there where I was like, I didn't really care for this episode. But that's the case with almost every TV show where you're just like, ah, like, yeah, that just isn't necessarily the greatest episode. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you can find that with any TV series. So definitely Marlon's playing the trumpet fantastically and Truman sees a beautiful woman. Truman is flirting with this girl from a distance. And when it looks like he might have the courage to make the move over to her cheerleader, Meryl falls into him saying like, Oh no, I'm so sorry. I just sprained my ankle. And I was like, Meryl, I don't like you anymore. I want to go see what's happening over here with Truman and his long lost love who he can't seem to find. And yeah. yeah, Truman is kind because Truman is just a kind soul. He's like, no, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, sit down. Like, you know, don't worry. Like, I know that it was an accident kind of deal. And he looks over, but the mystery girl is no longer on her picnic blanket. Accident. It was an accident. Marks. Accident in quotation marks for anyone listening to audio. So yeah. it was an accident. And... Truman looks around, but he can't find her. So then we cut to the next place. We see Truman and Meryl dancing together, and Marlon is there as well. And I was like, oh, is this their wedding? Turns out it's not a wedding. And <laughs> I look, I didn't know what it was supposed to be. I, did, I just took a guess, right? Feels like a Back to the Future kind of moment I love yeah it. it kind of feels like it's a school dance or something like that yeah and truman sees the mystery girl at this dance as well they both make eye contact with each other they're flirting while dancing with other people oh it's getting hot and steamy and just as they are about to dance together the mystery girl is escorted out and this is where i was like why do they keep doing this if it's meant to be natural why are they scripting everything? That was the whole issue that you had at the beginning of the film, which is what you stated at the beginning of the film, which was that you are tired of actors giving phony emotions. It's all phony emotions if you are scripting everything. You're trying to claim that all of this is just real and it's authentic, but it's not because you are scripting what you want to happen in his life. I think it's because it's not about 
it's not about other people's reality happening. It's about putting Truman in a situation where he just reacts to what they decide. So again, it's about this like ratings. It's about, you know, people kind of putting him in a situation where like they're trying to raise the ratings because they're like, Ooh, look, look at this other girl. He might be interested in, but we have Meryl. Now you can be team Meryl or team other girl. And then like, you know, but if you want team other girl to have a team, let them have a conversation. Yeah. But I think again, at the same time, you know, it's the, the you know the character of uh Christoph, he is the decision maker he gets to decide how the tv show goes he's the director he's the writer he decided that meryl would be his 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 partner again i understand that but if you're going for ratings like you just said right and you want it you know you've kind of decided you know how the end game is gonna work right and you know i'll say this on here Spoiler alert for the Percy Jackson series, so if you guys don't want to hear this, skip forward like a minute because I'm about to spoil some things if you haven't read the books. Or, yeah, if you haven't read the books. If you've seen the films, like, none of this is going to matter. Also, uh, I'm so sorry. But (laughs) TV show comes out tomorrow. TV show comes out tomorrow. I can't wait. Tomorrow from the day that we're recording this. We're recording this December 19th. For anyone who's curious. But the TV show comes out tomorrow. I can't wait. Anyway, skip forward a minute from right about now if you don't want spoilers. But you know how Rachel Elizabeth Dare and then there's Annabeth, right? The reason that you have both options as a love interest for Percy in that story is that you have allowed him to create friendships and close relationships with both of these people. That's not the case with this girl. And it's just like that doesn't it doesn't work. It's just I I I didn't understand it. Anyway, this is also where I made a prediction and I was like, I know I I I now have context of the film to be able to then make a prediction. I can't make prediction when I legitimately know nothing about this film. So This was my prediction. I was like, Truman is going to realize that something is wrong after he saw his dad ushered away. And, you know, he's now put the pieces together because all of this is happening in flashback where we see this girl. So he's going to put the pieces together that something's wrong and that the people in the suits are the bad guys. And Truman is going to start trying to come up with clever ways to try to break out of New Haven. At first, it's all going to fail. Like, you know, he's going to try one thing. That's not going to work. He's going to try another thing. That's not going to work. So, like, we're going to see a series of fails. But eventually, people on the outside in the real world are going to start sympathizing with Truman. And the viewers of the show are going to try to, like, start helping him come up with ways to break out they'll try to get him secret messages some way to like help him break out of Mm. new haven and eventually at the end truman is gonna break out and he's gonna find this mystery girl and he's gonna be able to go start a new life in peace where people don't follow his every move that's what i'm hoping is gonna happen we shall see so yeah that's where we're gonna end this episode we will find out more about this mystery girl next week and find out more of why is she important to truman what 
has he learned from her? What's going on there? But yeah, Steven, thank you so much for joining as of always. Course. What if there is anything that you want to promote to the world? Is there anything? How can people find you on social media doing the things that you do? What do you want to say to the peoples? You can uh, go to my website, sndirector.com, to watch, to see some of my past shows. Um, and uh, just as I move back to Los Angeles, uh, keep keep an eye out for my future shows. I don't think we've announced that yet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> but yeah, um, also, as we mentioned multiple times kind of throughout uh, be sure to tune in because if you like Steven as a guest and you like us just, you know, having opinions and laughing and having a good time about things, we are launching a new show called Flip the Scripts here in a couple days. If everything has gone right, it should be coming out in two days from when this episode drops. If not, at most, it's coming out the week after. So I'm knocking on wood. Uh, d- I... I just did as well. So hopefully everything works out and it's coming out in two days time on the 5th of January. And if that is different, you all will know because I will have told you in the intermission. But yeah, thank you so much for joining, Stephen. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And until next week, I'll catch y'all later. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Post Finale. Post Finale is created, hosted, and produced by me, Ankit Madeira. Our editor is Pranav Nair. The music is by Ankit Madeira and Megan Hutchison, and the art is by Jared Rother. If you would like to gain access to bonus content and gain access to help potentially decide what we do on the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash co-opforge. That's patreon.com slash co underscore o-p-f-o-r-g-e. Sign up for any of the tiers, you get various types of bonus content, like helping us pick what shows and things we do in the future, what films we talk about, you get access to notes, you get access to some bonus audio, some bonus episodes, all fun things over there on Patreon. We are really trying to build a nice community of people. You also get access to our Discord, where you can chat with other people who also listen to our shows, and it really does help us out a lot continue being able to do this so thank you to anyone who is going to do this in the future if you want to help out the show in a non-monetary way that's great as well just follow us on social media talk about us on social media you can find the show itself at post finale pod on instagram facebook twitter and you can follow us at co-op forge co underscore o-p-f-o-r-g-e on instagram facebook twitter and tiktok tiktok we just have the one over there for co-op forge but you can find us there as well reach out leave comments we'd love to hear from you and we like interacting with our listeners so by all means reach out leave a comment if you notice something silly point it out it's great thank you so much for listening to this episode and be sure to join us next week when steven joins us again and we continue talking about the truman show and until then i'll catch y'all later